0: Today's story concerns adult subject matter for mature listeners. If that's not your cup of tea, or there are youngsters listening, please skip this one and come back for another story another time. You're listening to the Voice of Dog. This is Rob McWolf, your fellow traveller, and today's story is When in Rome by Zeigenbach a goat who wields both pen and sword, though rarely at the same time. He was the winner of the 2021 SoFurry Short Story Contest, and his work has been published by Thurston Howell Publications. He also has upcoming work with the Furry Historical Fiction Society and with Fenris Publishing. You can find more of his stories on SoFurry and Fur Affinity. Please enjoy When in Rome by Zeigenbach. I'm starving. Well, whining like a puppy won't help. Fine, then, just keep looking. There's gotta be somewhere open. I am looking, but everywhere nearby is closed. How is that possible? We're in Rome. Thomas loved his boyfriend, Bryn, but he could be trying at times. The corgis had only arrived in Italy a few hours ago, but their experience of the country so far hadn't exactly been la dolce vita. The train from the airport was so crowded that Thomas almost passed out. Outside Termini Station, while Bryn looked up directions on his phone, a street hawker pushed a real authentic leather Parda wallet into Thomas's paws, and only when Bryn noticed and barked, No, grazie, did the vendor take it back and skulk away with a shocked, Prego, prego, prego. Then the corgis had a crash course in Roman driving habits almost literally when a Vespa buzzed around a corner and almost hit them. And when they finally reached their hostel, their premium room turned out to be a stuffy, dimly lit attic up four flights of stairs with a single small window in the ceiling, the cheapest white flat-pack furniture this side of Stockholm, and a busted air conditioner. The room was already a stifling 26 degrees Celsius, according to the air conditioner's control panel, Bryn had spent ten minutes cycling through the options, but the fans only seemed to come on when the temperature exceeded twenty-five. Hot, panting, and running out of water, the corgi had trudged off to the communal showers, only to return and find his boyfriend flumped down on the hard double bed, snoring softly. Rather than disturb Thomas, he distracted himself with a video game, then by thumbing through his Italian phrasebook. Now Thomas was awake again. Bryn paced the room, sipping his warm water. We've left it too late, haven't we? I know we should have gone out earlier. I I should have just woken you up. Well, why didn't you? Instead of just sitting there suffering in silence? Bryn growled. Oh, great, Thomas thought. Now he's doing the growl. Such a little dog sound, the impotent sound of a dog who could neither bark nor bite. Oh, for goodness sake, Bryn! can we try not to fight so soon into our holiday? Bryn huffed. Fucking great holiday so far. Bryn, please let me find some food. We'll both feel better afterwards. You know we will. Bryn backed down. He decided to have one last go at the air conditioning. He pressed the power button, and his eyes went wide when 30C lit up on the display and the fans were into action. With quick taps of a claw, he lowered the temperature to the minimum which, of course, shut off the fans, too. But at least that stopped them roasting even more. Okay, came a voice from the bed. If we're desperate, there's a hamburger place back at the train station. Bryn's jaw dropped. Hun, I am in Italy. I have not flown all the way here just to eat some low-quality, mass-produced rubbish. Just think of all the gorgeous food this country has given to the world. Pasta carbonara, risotto alla Milanese, gelato di stracciatella. Isn't gelato ice cream? I think we need something more substantial than that. Bryn was too fed up to even bother taking the bait. My point is, if we wanted some cheap American food, I would have stayed at home. Thomas let up his phone again, and Bryn was about to get his phone and help when Thomas spoke up. How about this place? Pizzeria Dulu Pie? That had to be the wrong pronunciation, but Bryn was in no mood for another impromptu Italian lesson. At least his boyfriend was trying. I don't know, is that the best we can do? Some dodgy takeaway? Actually, this place looks pretty decent. Proper pizza oven, 4.7 star rating. And how many of those reviews were paid for? All the same, Bryn headed over and glanced at his boyfriend's phone screen. Pizzeria a lupi Two Wolves Pizzeria. Hmm, it's an option, I guess, but I'd still prefer to sit down somewhere. Thomas took another look. Well, they've got a few seats, judging by the pictures. I think it's worth a try anyway, and at least pizza is Italian. Bryn grumbled. All right, then, how far is it? Fifteen minutes walk, but we'd best be quick. They close in thirty. Five minutes later, the Corkies were back on the streets. There were fewer people around now, and the traffic was quieter. Slowly, the city around them was winding down for the night. The dogs were still hungry, and so, guided by their phone maps, they twisted their way this way and that down narrow side streets, past parked cars, at houses, and marble churches, until they turned onto a long, narrow, cobbled street. Painted five-story houses flanked the street, their upper-level windows adorned with wooden shutters, and the ground level turned over to restaurants, quirky little shops, and the occasional apartment entrance with postbox and doorbells. Vines grew up the buildings, while at street level, awnings jutted out into the street, each with a row of dining tables underneath. Just one row. The street was far too narrow for any more and there was the sign the corgis were looking for. The sign outside the pizzeria showed two feral wolves facing each other nose to nose. Oh, cool, said Thomas. It's that she-wolf symbol. They say she helped found the city, so she's kind of like their city symbol. But Bryn stared at the sign. Unlike other depictions of La Lupa, these wolves had no breasts. However, they did have some rather unfeminine bulges between their legs. Tom, I don't think those are she-wolves. But Thomas was at the pizzeria door. It doesn't matter. Let's get inside. I'm starving. Neither corgi was too surprised to find the restaurant deserted. Inside was a food counter, the kitchen visible behind. In the kitchen, a large black furred wolf in a chef's shirt noticed the corgis and made his way to the counter. Soft-smiling, friendly-looking, probably knew his way around or not. The corgis would let eat, though, so Bryn stepped forward. Sera Avete un tavolo per due persone, per favore. Oh, I'm sorry, came the reply immediately and in English. We are about to close. Bryn turned to Thomas, and both dogs sighed, dropping their ears asked the wolf. I don't suppose you know somewhere else that may be open. Sorry, most places are closing now. Bryn was about to suggest hamburgers after all, when a second wolf came up behind the first. Fed that babe, is everything all right? Light furred, with more variegation to the pattern. White muzzle, a fade from brown to grey across his eyes and a bright tawny brown on and between his ears. He placed a paw on the black wolf's shoulder and nuzzled into the dark, thick neck ruff. If Thomas and Brynn had any doubts about the black wolf's orientation, the slender, handsome lupine pressing up close left them in no doubt. Um, yes, I was saying to these people. The lean wolf interrupted with a tut. Please don't tell me you are going to turf these hungry young boys back out into the streets. He turned to the corgis. You'll have to excuse my, um, business partner. He's only following the rules. The rules are made to be bent. I'm Armando, by the way. This big guy is Federico, Fede for short. But trust me, there's very little as short about him. That got a chuckle from the corgis. The light for wolf, Armando, made his way front of house, grabbing two large menu sheets as he went. Right, you boys would like some food, yes? "Uh, Yes, please, Bryn replied, if you're sure. Of course, we haven't shut up shop just yet. You English guys are too polite sometimes. Actually, we're Welsh. Bryn hoped he didn't sound too brusque. Not everyone made that distinction outside the islands, or on them. But Armando was still smiling. My apologies, I know not to mix those two up. i and all that. The corgis' eyes widened. They were liking this wolf more by the second, smart, handsome, playful. Now if the pizza was any good. The corgis took their seats and ordered their drinks. Aperol spritz for Brynn, lemonade for Thomas. Armando returned moments later and set down their drinks before pulling out a notepad and pen. So, are you boys ready to order? We sure are, Bryn replied. I'll have the carbonara pizza, please. And I'd like the pepperoni? Adventurous, Brin ribbed. It's a classic. The simple meals are often the best. Very true, Armando added. All right, let's get you boys fed. When Armando headed for the kitchen, Thomas smiled at his boyfriend. I like this place. Modern, homely, no fuss. And that wolf's pretty cute, too. He's handsome. Oh, come on, I saw you checking him out, too. While Thomas thought of his retort, Bryn sipped his drink. The bitter botanicals and sparkling Prosecco put a pleasant tingle in his whiskers. Okay, yeah, he is. I mean, he's not as handsome as you. Yeah, but I'm no wolf. Those guys do have something of a size advantage, and good hearing, too. The corgis yipped and turned to Armando, who stood in the doorway, grinning with sharp white teeth. You don't have to explain yourselves, boys. The conversation is as important as looks. So on that note, mind if I join you while your food's cooking? At the corgi's invitation, the wolf sat at the next table. The Gorgis talked about their journey that day, Bryn's attempt to learn Italian, and what brought the boys to the eternal city. Minutes later, a bell dinged in the kitchen. When Armando left, Thomas smiled at Bryn, whose gaze had lost its focus. Flagging, Bryn nodded. Don't worry, Han. The food's almost here. Moments later, Armando reappeared, carrying two metal trays, each with a pizza on top. The bases looked thick, fluffy, and delicious, and both pizzas were covered in a generous helping of cheese and toppings. Both corgis smiled at the flavor drifting to their canine noses. Here you go, boys, enjoy. They thanked Armando, picked up their first slices, and tucked right in. Thomas took his first bite and closed his eyes in pleasure. Now this, this was something to savor the base, crisp in some places and light in others, was cooked to perfection, and the toppings, the melting mozzarella and latte cheeses, the rich, herby tomato sauce, the meaty, smoky pepperoni. Who would have thought a simple pizza could be so satisfying? Neither, Corky left a crust. After the meal, Armando returned to collect their trays. So, how did Fede do? We did great, Bryn replied. Does your partner ever cook for you? Sometimes, on the rare occasion we get some time off. Well, you're a lucky wolf, Armando wagged his tail. I really am. After the trays were cleared, Armando handed over the bill and Bryn tapped his credit card to pay. So what are your plans now? Asked Armando. Oh, I don't know, Finn replied. Head back to our hostel, probably go to sleep. The wolf raised an eyebrow. Straight away? Um, yeah, we've got tickets booked for the Coliseum tomorrow morning. Armando chuckled. We get a lot of couples in Rome, and very few of them go straight to sleep on their first night. Even if you are in a hostel, I doubt you'll keep your paws to yourselves. What are you insinuating? McCorky's eyes widened at the five-syllable word. Armando continued, unfazed. I see the way you look at each other. It's exactly how Fede looks at me. You don't have to hide who you are, certainly not around us. Though a cheap hostel is hardly the most romantic place to mark your first night in Rome. But if you wanted to, we might just have somewhere better. Our apartment, upstairs? Armando left the corgis to deliberate. After some discussion, they agreed. Anything was better than that roasting attic. They went to tell Armando their decision, much to the wolf's delight, before heading upstairs. However, Armando called to his mate. The black wolf poked his nose out of a storeroom. I'm going to show the boys our apartment. You all right locking up? the big wolf nodded. Ah, grazie, love you, babe. Armando rubbed noses with Fede, drawing a happy rubble from the big lupine. Okay then, Corky, it's right this way. Armando led the way through a small door at the back of the dining room. After twisting through some narrow, dimly lit, bare-walled corridors, they reached a second door, behind which was a flight of stairs. Another door at the top, and when they walked through, Armando clicked the lights on, and the Corky stared. The apartment was a tapestry of natural colors, browns, golds, tans. A wooden floor, covered with thick, patterned rug. Wooden panels on the walls to match the floor and the exposed ceiling. Television, powerful-looking sound system, and a working air conditioner. A long bookshelf took up an entire wall. One assortment of wooden tables were dotted around, yet woven In amongst this furniture were little touches of nature. Plants stood around and hung in baskets from the rafters, while the walls showed paintings of rural Italy and the antlers of deer. The center of the apartment was taken up by a broad sofa covered in cushions and what appeared to be animal skins. This was a wolf home, and no mistake. Benvenuti, boys. Welcome to our little slice of Tuscany in the big city. Please, take a seat. The corgis ditched their jackets and shoes. With slow paw steps, corgis crossed the bull's urban den, taking in every detail. They perched on the edge of the sofa, next to each other. Can I get you something else to drink? A beer, or if you want something more traditional, how about a digestivo? Something to finish off your meal and round off the day. Brynn conferred with Thomas before answering for them both, um... Yes, please, that sounds good. Armando smiled and turned tail, heading through the side door, presumably to the kitchen. The wolf returned a moment later, carrying a serving tray with three glasses and wearing nothing but his fur. The predator moved through his den like nudity was the most natural thing in the world, which, Thomas reasoned, it kind of was. The wolf set the tray down on a solid wooden table, and he shared the glasses out. The warm scent of aniseed rose to Thomas's nose. He didn't even need to sniff. I know this drink. It's Sambuca. Bryn, meanwhile, was holding up his glass and setting its contents. Are these coffee beans? They are indeed, said Armando. Three in each glass. One for health, one for happiness, and one for prosperity. I love it, Bryn said, chin chin, I guess. Exactly, Armando confirmed, chin chin, boys. The three canids raised glasses to muzzles. The warmth tingled on Thomas's tongue before spreading through his body, right to the tips of his paws and fur. Armando gulped his drink and set his glass aside, for stalking under the sofa, front paws first. He stared into the goatskins with a long, low, contented growl. Before rolling onto his side, he stretched out and yawned, a happy, naked wolf, his sheath and lupine balls resting low and heavy. You are welcome to stare, by the way. Thomas twitched his paw. A little move, but Armando noticed. And to get closer. Thomas felt the wolf's paw stroking his back. Feeling a gentle buzz from the alcohol and figuring there was little point in keeping up pretenses, Corky kicked up his paws and nestled into the wolf, sipping more of his drink. The fur was soft, not coarse like he imagined a wolf's pelt to be. The wolf had to take good care of his pelt. There was strength under that fur, power, potential. The wolf shuffled his haunches. Thomas felt the animal bump into him, and he went still, trying not to clutch his glass too tight. Um, Armando, the wolf looked up almost sleepily. Hmm? I can uh, feel your... The wolf wrapped his legs tighter around Thomas, nestling the corgi in his crotch. And how does it feel? Hard, Thomas thought. Warm. That was how it felt, even through the corgi's clothes. Yet Thomas hesitated to answer. In that pause, Armando began a slow, heavy grind. Thomas knew the wolf was unsheathed. He didn't need to look. From his many times nestling with Bryn, Thomas was more than familiar with the slip of a soft-furred sheath. Yet despite Armando's obvious arousal, the wolf lounged on his side, looking back at the corgi with a gentle growl of contentment. Let's not pretend. We're all dogs, male dogs, and we all deserve to relax. At that moment, the door to the apartment clicked open. The bigger wolf, Federico, entered the apartment and paused, staring at Armando nestled with the corkies and rubbing his erection on Thomas. Fedo only stared for a second or two, though, before he closed the apartment door with a knowing show of fang. I smell you behind the door, all of you. Thomas glanced across at Bryn, who was twisting in his seat, his own jeans tight. Don't worry, Fede, we're just getting started. Boys, you might want to watch this. With a click of claws, Federico opened each button of his chef's shirt in turn. The corgis did indeed stare, as the wolf exposed more of his fur to the cool air. While Armando was the more defined of the two, Fede was no slouch himself. Fine gray fur covered the wolf's front little more than guard hair, which framed the lupine's muscle and highlighted his strength. Federico stood before them all a big, black-furred, broad-shouldered beast. Thomas marveled at the big animal who showed the same heedless comfort in his own fur, his own den, as Armando. The wolf's trousers had already started to tent, and as soon as he tossed his shirt to a nearby dining chair, Fede unfastened his belt buckle. McGorge stared at the big wolf, licking his lips while he slid his trousers and underwear down. That bulge held promise, and the corgis were not disappointed. Federico was thick, impressively thick. A good length of the lupine had already slipped into view. Big animal. Federico closed in, murmuring, Puppies are very overdressed. That they are, added Armando, slipping a claw under Thomas's belt. You can't be comfortable straining in your trousers like that. Maybe it was the scent of horny wolf rising from the two thick furred animals. It couldn't have been the wolf's paw slipping to the front, fondling and kneading the hard corgi. All the same, Thomas swallowed and rose to his paws, setting his near empty glass in the tray. He slipped his t shirt over his head and dropped it to the floor. His jeans followed, similarly left in a paw by the sofa. He looked over to the sofa and froze. Two hungry cannons watched him back, his boyfriend grinned, smiling and huffing at his boyfriend's excitement. And beside him, Armando the wolf erect and dripping onto a goat's skin. And though he could not see Fede, he could hear the growl of hunger from the big lurking animal. His fur bristled at the sound. He glanced at some antlers on the wall. Maybe the sharp-toothed wolves had eaten the deer themselves. Feeling like prey caught by the pack, it still stiff and aroused. Thomas crawled across the sofa into the embrace of the waiting wolf. Armando pulled him backwards with next to no effort. Corgi smiled and batted paws until Bryn stood up and started to undress. While Armando and Thomas watched, Wolf crouched to Corgi rump. Fede stalked across the room, trailing a paw at Bryn's bare back. Little dog shivered and murred. The wolf must have used claws. Thomas knew his boyfriend practically melted at claw strokes. Fede kicked back on the sofa, arms behind his head to stretch, before lowering one paw and stroking his erection. He caught Bryn staring, grinned, and slid his sheath back. More of that slick, lupine cock emerged from his sheath. No need to be shy. Fede growled, come closer. With a gulp, the short, stocky, and naked dog crawled across the sofa, bringing his nose level with Fede's crotch. The wolf held himself still, paw under his balls, while Bryn closed the distance. He caught the wolf's scent partway, paused, and huffed. But he actually pressed into the wolf's crotch. He breathed in deep, taking in deep, Scent of the musk, Wolf must have built that up all day, working hard in the kitchen, given how rich and absolutely delicious it was. While Thomas watched, he felt pause at his own flank. Armando lifted the corgi's upper leg, rubbed his tapered cock tip over the corgi's taint, nudging his dog balls aside, laying his whole length against the corgi's undertail. Thomas glanced down to where the tip of Armando's cock came into view, twitching, dripping, close to the corgi zone, but so much more hung. A familiar murmur reached Thomas's ears. He looked up to see Bryn, huffing, lying on the reclining black wolf. They rolled together, canine and lupine, Bryn's doggy stiffness rubbing on Federico's hard, swollen wolf meat. Armando tapped his mate's shoulder. Now, Fede, you did almost send our guests away hungry so before you get to carry it away, you should make it up to your puppy and get him ready. Arf, Fetty tilted his head. Armando licked his own muzzle, and the big wolf understood. He held Bryn tight, rolling them both around and pressing the corgi's back into the cushions of the paw. Taking Bryn's legs, lifting and spreading them, the wolf dipped his head, teased the corgi with a warm, wolfy breath, and glanced his broad tongue upwards from the tail hole hafting those corgi balls, licking the dog's sheath, finishing with some laps to Bryn's erection before diving back to the tail hole. Bryn moaned, his head tilted, his tongue lolling, and his eyes closed. He soon opened them when Fede mounted up. The little dog went still. Thomas grinned at his boyfriend. Good luck. said Thank you. The corgi's reply trailed away into breathy nothingness. Thomas watched the wolf, inch after inch of wolf, sinking under the corgi's tail. Thomas twitched and felt a heavy throb in response. Pleasant sight, isn't it? Armando whispered. Thomas watched his boyfriend yield to the black wolf and move in time with the growling animal's small, steady, yet firm thrusts. He's not used to bottoming, is he? Thomas didn't answer. Armando gave another of his warm, hungry chuckles, stroking the corgi's back. And trust me, that's a hell of a wolfcock for a guy to take, no matter how experienced they are, and with only wolf drool for lube. Lucky that Fede is a leaky pup. But look at that corgi's face. Look how much he loves it. Indeed, yes, Bryn was shuddering, struggling, but the pleasure was written across his open muzzle. And you like that, too. I, I do. Then let's give a puppy a bone. Armando released Thomas and reached over to a nearby side table. On it was a large pump dispenser. Armando pumped a clear, sticky-looking fluid into his other paw, covering his paw pads. Thomas raised an eyebrow. Why am I not surprised you'd have that just standing around? Armando chuckled. Always be prepared. He brought his paw to the corgi's tail hole. The corgi looked at the wolf, dripping a similarly clear, similarly thick fluid. Did they even need lube? The wolf settled behind Thomas again, taking the short dog into his arms. Something firm and hot nudged up and under his tail, and he closed his eyes to little myrrh. The corgi tried to relax. Tried not to think of how big the lupine was, so much bigger, so much more powerful than his boyfriend. If Fede ever lifted tail for this animal, what a lucky puppy. The wolf penetrated the corgi with the slightest of slick sounds. Both animals felt it, though, local and visitor alike. The narrow border crossed. A mutual huff, the feel of the wolf's taper direction doing the trick, and perhaps out of concern for his submissive, or maybe just to savor the moment. Armando only kept the tip of his erection inside, Yet the wolf twitched. Thomas felt him hard and potent, and he caught the wolf's gaze with a tongue-hanging pant. The wolf smiled, held the corgi tight, and impaled the dog deep. Thomas tried and failed to suppress a high bark, and Armando stopped once more, checking the corgi was okay. For he began a slow withdrawal. Thomas's instinct was to back up, but Armando held the Corgi in place with paw to rump, so Thomas let the wolf work, not only because of their mismatched strength, but because he knew that the second thrust would be, oh, glorious! Armando held the Corgi tight, big wolf cock and tight dog tail. He bucked and bucked working himself in more and more, little by little, each time sending a ripple of pleasure through the corgi. The burn of the penetration yielded to a warm pleasure. It still hurt, make no mistake, with every thrust the pleasure took over. All the same, Thomas was grateful for the lube. Once Armando had settled into a rhythm, the wolf leaned over to his mate, and the lupines shared some happy, growling, wet licks, each animal seeing the pleasure in their mate through half-closed eyes even while they worked away at their respective corgis. Thomas also looked at his mate, who moaned, open-mawed, eyes closed, his front paws quivering, at the wolf cock unseen, but most definitely reaming him open. Yeah, they weren't going to be emulating the wolf's kiss. The patterned wolf was soon thrusting harder, powerful haunches rocking Thomas even while that thick lupine length held him in place. Thomas had to move with the wolf cock, he had no choice. And yet he knew, if the animal was going to reach climax, he would have to cooperate. And so he relaxed, closing his eyes, breathing deep, letting the wolf thrust harder. The sofa shook underneath Thomas, but it wasn't Armando, powering ahead. Not yet, anyway. Instead, when Thomas found the will to open his eyes, he saw his boyfriend, with muzzle buried into the sofa, and a big black wolf mounting him like a bitch. Federico thrust harder and harder, snarling through his teeth until a full body shudder surged the wolf and they locked in place, Fede clutching the corgi while he grunted and bucked into the moaning dog. The memory of the wolf's monster cock and the mental image of that beast filling his boyfriend not in all had the corgi unsheathed himself. Thomas wished he could see that wolf cock, see that barest hint of dark red erection, beneath gray furred balls, twitching and twitching with promise and puppies. But even if he could get a clear view, the sudden acceleration from Armando would have broken his focus. The lupine held tight, claws pressing into fur. His growls were harsh, frantic, animal. And Thomas uttered a whimper, and whimpered louder when a new thickness swelled, threatening to drive past his tail ring, and then succeeding. Armando pulled the corgi down, his jowls quivering impaling the dog and announcing his conquest of the shameless lupine howl. Thomas racked with pleasure. He still didn't comprehend but which felt just right, wanted more. And he drove his hindquarters onto the wolf, raising that howl a few pitches higher and spearing that cock deeper inside, where the animal twitched, twitched again, before the wolf relaxed with a growl of satisfaction and hammered into the corgi despite their tie. Thomas felt the wolf ejaculating, he was sure of it, the virile animal leaving a claim deeper than his boyfriend could ever manage. Eventually, Armando's howl faded away. Thomas chuckled, trying to catch his breath. Oh, you wolves are loud. Armando rumbled. Big animals, every way. The corgi gestured to the walls. But what about my neighbor's? They know we are mates. Most of them don't mind as long as we don't howl all night. And if we disturb them, well, free pizza is an excellent way to make amends. Thomas couldn't argue with that. He nestled into the cushions, dog-cock hard and the animal inside him harder still. Armando's knot stayed as swollen as ever, even when the wolf leaned over to lick his mate's cheek. Hey, Fede. The black wolf opened one eye. We shouldn't let the boys sleep here tonight. It's late, and our apartment has to be nicer than some cheap hostel. Fedde closed his eye again and shrugged. Puppies cannot move anyway. Armando grinned. Very true. These knots do tend to lock an animal down. He replied with a buck into Thomas, making the corgi whimper. So yes, looks like you boys are staying. Nice, replied Thomas. Thank you both. Hey, Bryn, you, you hear that? Thomas shook his dozing boyfriend. Mm-hmm, I do. And that's fine with me. Great, but... Let me tell you... Thomas half paw pawed his abdomen. He swore he could feel the outline of Armando's cock throbbing inside him. I wasn't expecting to get acquainted with the locals so soon. I'm glad we didn't just get a hamburger. Mm-hmm. Can't beat some authentic Italian wolf sausage. Thomas rolled his eyes. Now you're starting with the food jokes? You're lucky I've got a wolf tying me in place. Brynn chuckled. We're both lucky. This was When in Rome by Zeigenbach. Read few by Rob McWolf. Werewolf Hitchhiker. You can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.